0: Hey, y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms, and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. You told Hopo to beat me. I love Hoppo. God knows I do. But I kill him dead for I let him be me. That's so wrong. Yeah. We shouldn't think that's so funny. But everybody knows that cool Do you know who made it worse? Tyler Perry. It was in one of his plays. <laughs> and once he brought it back, he was like, you told Hoppo to beat me. <laughs> Medea played too much. But Sophia yeah. had a lot of them though too, like I said, hell no. (laughs) Listen, I was like, that's me. I would have been beaten down in town square because I told the (laughs) white man no. Okay, hell, not just no, but hell no. (laughs) But my my other one is, um, Masha come in. It's not nice, but she said, (laughs) show is ugly nobody was nice in this film so like we could just operate from that (laughs) standpoint everything is that even that we laugh at is gonna be terrible and evil (laughs) right cause I don't know why it's funny to me but um I had a friend too in college who would randomly be like "Sitting in that jail (laughs) (laughs) don't do it Miss Sealy don't trade places with me (laughs) She lost her damn mind. I may be poor, black. I may even be ugly, but dear God, I'm here. I am here. I was like, yes, you better be free, Ceely. You better, Mm -hmm. cause nothing you can do can keep me from it. (laughs) She gave him the two fingers. (laughs) 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 I wish I'm just curse somebody like that. Hey, calm your ass down. Until you do right to me. <laughs> yep, that's right. Shorty said everything you think about going crumble. And the house was falling apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and then okay, this this may just be me, but all I know from the hand clap song is me and you will never part. Na-ti. Na-ti, da-da. Me is and it, you must have one heart My key, da. da. Who is ain't my no key, ocean, da, da? ain't no sea You don't have to make sense It's, it's a childhood thing Lots of I things said not, we said I don't, said not don't t- make sense da, da. I was saying it wrong the whole time either way I mean, I could be saying it wrong I mean, there's it's not a real word So I don't think there's a wrong way to say it You and me Us never part My Because They did a, It yeah. to cross your chest Patch your legs back up. Uh, okay. okay. See, I'm mad. We're really doing this into the camera right into now. Into the camera because
1: <laughs> because this is a visual a
0: podcast. <laughs> 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 so, watching this movie again, l- like you mentioned, I think first of all, it was sad watching this as a kid, but watching it as an adult, I really I realized there were some actual like funny kind of funny-ish moments. And see, I'm the opposite. Watching it as a child, there were funny-ish moments. And then I was just like, dang, life is hard. But then now watching it for the purpose of this show, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, this movie is so sad. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think what some of the funnier parts are just like the subtle moments with Celie, uh, like when she's, um, you know, making faces at her sister. Um, and then when her sister is like, um you know, making fun of what's his name, Mister, Mister, and she said, <laughs> "What was she say to him? What she's I can't remember." When she was talking about how how he walking around and how he need his his food and stuff like that, and she had my the shirt little need to mend it, my shoes need to shine it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you all done, I'm gonna climb on top, and I was like, "Oh no." Right. Um, <laughs> and of course, um before you could say amen, I'm like, oh, that made it worse. <laughs> right, right. And like, Sophie and Harpo's relationship was funny, low key. Like, like <laughs> Despite just, the domestic abuse, you oh, know. Oh, geez. Right. You know, and then like, she wasn't having it. But my man kept falling through the roof. He always was falling. <laughs> Even as a kid. Yes, sir. I'm... I'm getting it now. It fell off with the with the the, the saddle. saddle. <laughs> I was like, damn, hardball fell a lot. I never picked up on how clumsy he was until I watched it this time around. Like he was really like, low-key a klutz. And mm-hmm. yeah. Was I I can't I can't tell. There were so many kids. Okay, and so that's my question. Where did all of these kids come from and where did they go? So when (laughs) when Seely pulled up and she was a teenager, he said, this here be a new mammy. It was three kids. One of them was Harpo and he Uh hit her in the head with a rock. The two others was Uh girls. Remember, she was combing her hair and that's why she got popped in the mouth for the first time. Yeah. Right. Where did them girls go? Because we never see them again. They probably got their right mind together and left that dirty ass house. Okay, so then did Celie have all of them kids for him? Was them all her kids? Because CeeLee had kids again, except for the two, right from the beginning of the movie. So yep, where, why it. were there so many children, like at home fixing the shave, Mister, and even before, um, <laughs> like whose kids were yeah. those? And then when you said uh, you show is ugly, she had the mud on her face because she was reading and playing with the kids. Whose children were they? I my theory is. I think Harpo had all the other kids. When, when you fast, fast forward to Harpo being grown being with Sophia, I mean, having mm-hmm. Sophia get pregnant. And then they had all them kids. And instead of them taking care of the kids, the kids came to the house because they weren't too far from off of Mr.'s property. But child, you would let Mr. You would let your child your child grow up in the house with Mr.? Even as Harpo. Harpo ain't yeah. even like Mr. He tried to take some marital advice. He said, beat <laughs> I said, "What? Whoa! whoa. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, she ain't acting right. You just beat <laughs> you beat her. That's what we do in this t- day oh, and time. Oh, this movie and the time mm. and the limited mm. rights and and respectful women and Sophia was so strong. And I feel like every yes. part of the movie was just somebody trying to break her like a mule. Like yes. it was so hard to watch this time around. <laughs> yes, I agree because because Sophia was so." was so strong-minded and i think that's kind of how they wrote the description for this movie is that because of these strong women such as sophia Mm -hmm. and you know suge celie was able to find her voice and find herself in all of this but i think i think we we talked about this before but you know just the storyline for celia alone I, i didn't even realize until i watched it again that um the man who was supposedly Celie's father wasn't actually his her, her father girl so he comes remember she, uh, he he she goes to the funeral and um mm-hmm. she's like you the new wife and everything and she explains the situation on how her and Nettie really get the house and how everything belonged to her real father and so she was like pa not pa my children not my brother and sister and then I was like, oh, my God, this whole time you thinking that your kids is your brother and your sister. Oh, Lord Jesus. But oh, that's as most things of the time, all of this could have been avoided if it wasn't for racist white people. Because <laughs> racist white people lynched Celie and Nettie's real father. Right. They mentioned that. She says that. And I it sounds it. like... Yeah, it sounds like he was a um, a business owner who owns the store. He mm-hmm. had his own land, had the house, like he had all of these things and was successful. And, you know, white people can't stand us being great. And so they lynched him, in which case, again, hard times for to be a woman during this time. Your, the, their mother um, f- married another man. He was trash, but I mean, she needed him, her husband, I guess. And he was trash and was having sex on her daughters and, well, daughter and birthed and two yeah. children by them and took her babies away from her. Oh, just all of it. It just gets it worse just and worse sad. and worse. The <laughs> whole thing was just sad. And then, like, to see her giving birth and he busting, ain't you done yet? Um, sir. Like, No, because you your baby inherited your big-ass head and I'm trying to pass <laughs> these old broad <laughs> shoulders that she- <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. So instantly starting the movie, I was definitely in my feelings because I'm like, um, so like you mentioned, like the the treatment of women back then, it really did get to me because I'm like, they don't deserve it. They don't, they didn't mm-hmm. need it. It was mm-hmm. just uncalled for. And I, I still to this day feel as if African-American women are just at the bottom when it comes to just basic human rights like the most unprotected and disrespected absolutely like i'm sick of it so seeing this is like okay we've come far but my god it still feel like some in some cases we're completely disregarded so it just all my life i had to fight oh, <laughs> that line, that line. <laughs> That line was so real cause especially when she said she had to fight her brother, she had to fight mm. her father, you mm. know, she had to fight the, the other men in the community around her, but she never thought she would have to fight her husband. And I thought about that and I'm like, damn, women do have to fight a lot. Like we had, like, it starts within our houses as kids, like who, who we fighting as, as children? We usually fight in our siblings as children, you get what I'm saying? Then you got stupid boys on the playground that want to play too much. So you got to fight them too and let them know you're not about them games. And then you come out in real world and you still got to fight. Like all my life. Sick of it. I'm tired. I'm hanging up my gloves. i retire. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think, again, speaks to the strength that is Sophia. Because she, all my life I had to fight. Yeah. And she said, I never thought I would have to fight in my own home. And so mm-hmm. she, but she also drew the line. She left which is yes. not something that is mm-hmm. promoted, was promoted back then, was as acceptable back then. And mm-hmm. she took her kids and she got up out of here. And so I was proud of Sophia, even though the new dude that she ended up talking to, Busta, who's a real life boxer, um, <laughs> and but did not fight for her when the white people came. No, no. You see, there's a difference. You know, I fight for <laughs> you for all the mother suckers. Okay. He didn't fight for her in the juke joint neither. He said, I don't feel like I need to fight my woman's battles. Oh, you're right. He didn't start fighting until like everybody started fighting. Well, you know, Sophia was was kind of one of those people that was like, No, nah, Sophia, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> the funniest thing is everybody was like, oh, time to go. Time to go. <laughs> Get my kids. Drive my kids. <laughs> Lauren Fishburne took the kids up real quick mm-hmm. <laughs> ran but um, Every time it was about to go down everybody woke everybody was up shop close <laughs> it up she about to lose her temper same thing at the choke joint They was like oh mm-hmm. shit let me get my let me get time my to go. it was the piano <laughs> <laughs> and then what was her name squeaky squeak yep squeak man Where does she come from? Okay, so I am operating from the standpoint that I did not read the book. I have not seen the play. Um, So sometimes I do feel that that does put me at a little bit of a disadvantage because I don't know the full context that the characters are supposed to be represented from. But at the same point, I feel like it does allow um, a little bit of focus just on what the movie gave as far as like conceptualizing them as characters. So, Mm -hmm. but like, where did Squeak come from? What was her purpose with like... From what I can tell, and again, just to kind of piggyback or mimic what you were saying, I did not see the play and I did not read the book, so shame on us. Right? We need to do better. better. But <laughs> here we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Squeak looked like she was a Jew joint like hostess and you know waitress, like pretty girl, like the person that people were wanting to come see. Um, oh my god! So she was a bottle a bottle girl, and then Harpo just got with her next. Yeah, Squeak was a bottle basically. girl. Yes, yeah, Squeak was a bottle girl. And then it's funny. She's like, papa Who mm-hmm. this woman? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And hey, you just a big old heifer. But then she got... <laughs> right. <laughs> Bitch got knocked into the water. <laughs> Heck. Like, she slid. Like, <laughs> the slide was what was worse. Right, right. What about she, me? <laughs> right, girl. You better learn how to fish. <laughs> Make a living off of that. But she I guess, you boy. know, everybody, all of the women at the end were able to find their uh metaphorical voice in some way. Because right? even at the end she said, My name not squeak. It's Mary Agnes, and I'm fixing the saying with Shook. Like girl, we didn't right. even know you could sing. It was like at the Mary, UK and we didn't even know. <laughs> right, exactly. And then um Mr.'s Dad, what was oh, Mr. Johnson was um was over there talking like Mary, who's Mary, and he even him. I'm just like, Ugh. but again, I we have to remember the times we yep. were in. Yep. And his dad. <laughs> He kicked his dad out real quick when he came in and talked about your need. A new Bye, Paul. <laughs> Bye, pa. <laughs> kicked him out. <laughs> and so what? this time it did, like I felt like watching the movie this go round, thinking about how trash um, mm-hmm. Mr. <laughs> Pop was. Like yeah. Mr. kind of really didn't have a chance. He the the society that he grew up in told him that women were property. His father basically showed him that men that women were property, and like kind of gave him a little bit of an inferiority complex, to where he, mm. it, he he was only able to assert himself like in his relationship in that way, and like Mister just and it's like they had a personality when they first got together. Like it all shifts in that scene where um, he does hit her for the first time because like. He's talking to Harpo and he's like, Harpo, don't you see like there's mold? There's And he was talking to him like a parent, like showing him like, hey, you didn't clean the saddle. This is wrong. Like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, OK. You know, he's talking to Harpo like I've never paid attention to that before. Like he's really parenting. And then he's like, oh, my goodness. She's screaming. Can you can you please like shut her up? Okay, that's normal. Parents, your kids get on your nerves. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, "I can't. It's hurting her." And he was like, "It's bad. It's bad luck to cut a woman's hair." Like they're having a conversation, and then like the second he stands up and hits her, it's like from that moment on they take all of his personality away, and he just becomes this evil character. Like he no mm-hmm. longer is a, a individual. He just becomes the villain in the movie, and it was like a shift that kind of happens because like when he's first and he's smiling and he's looking at um the sister. He doesn't seem like a terrible person, just a creep because he's looking at this little girl. And then right. I never... But then accepts uh, <laughs> Celie's hand in marriage. I never peeped that he made he her never walk. He wanted it. <laughs> he did. Never wanted her. He wanted Nettie. And mm-hmm. was low-key very hateful towards mm-hmm. Celie because of the fact that that he didn't get Nettie. So he treated mm-hmm. her like trash the whole time, honestly. Yep. And I think the only reason why he was even nice was because Nettie wasn't around. Yep. And it's like the whole movie, he is just so evil to her because he is not the object. She's not the object of his affections. She's not yeah. Nettie. She's yeah. not Suge Because like she let, right. Sealy later on says, he beat me for not being you. And it's yep. like he wanted Suge, couldn't have Suge. He wanted Nettie, couldn't have Nettie. And mm-hmm. he feels stuck with Sealy. And so he's taking mm-hmm. out all of this on mm-hmm. Nettie I mean on Celie, on top of the fact like he was married and might have actually loved that woman that he was married to in the first place, and then she died. Wait, hold up. Going back to your question earlier, you said she was he was married to a woman and she died. He Harpo's mother died. Harpo's so did he never had kids with Suge. No. When Suge first come, uh Harpo said, Who this woman? And he said, This the woman should have been your mammy. Ah, okay. All right. Cause then I was like, okay, maybe is the mama of all them kids. And because she was wanting to go and be an artist and sing on the road, she left them with, oh, okay, we still don't know where these kids came from. This is just random. And then it's like all this open, all this open (laughs) field. So it's not like they just neighborhood kids. Like they got to be coming from far to come and play at their house. And maybe Silly, maybe Silly was just watching kids she was keeping yeah. kids like she was at home you know what I mean other people might have been tending to the field she was just keeping kids it's possible but we're not gonna address that we're just gonna have random kids around this this abusive household okay right especially this abusive household cause now these kids see how not it's just a uh, like an example of perpetuation of the abuse like this, this how, just like he told Harpo, oh, you gotta beat her you want your <laughs> woman to act right Need to be her. And, and so that uh, it, it made me so frustrated when he was saying that because he was talking bad about Sophia was like she thinks too highly of herself. She needs to be taken down a notch. Yes. And then he was like, Do you you hit her? How you expect her to mind you? Like he really yeah. believed that. And oh, it's so terrible. It's just the cycles of abuse that we see in this movie. And we see how things, like you said, are perpetuated and continued and keep going forward. <laughs> oh, it hurts. <laughs> Right, it hurts. And so I did have one question before we get into more like conceptualizing characters and things like mm-hmm. that. I did have a question about um, as far as sexuality. I know that the book, um, just from hearing interviews and people talking and throughout the years and hearing about the book, is that the book does explore sexuality a little bit more and the relationship that happens between Shook and Silly. But I don't see it as the like the champion of like questioning sexuality and queerness that people try to make it because if they really did have a relationship and they was messing, that makes Shook even more trifling to me. So you <laughs> you you getting physical with Albert and you getting physical with Celie and it took like fucking 10 years for you to help her out of that house. Like you come into their house, getting physical with both of them and letting this terribleness just continue. Like mm. Shook, you... you mm. Mm. Yeah, when you put it that way, I just saw that moment in the movie as like an exploration of sexuality for Seeley, Um, because I think she did have a somewhat of an attraction for Suge. Didn't she mention looking at her picture while they would have sex? Yeah, but I thought that was more of a like, I figure what he doing to me, he done to her and I think that she must like it because she definitely know. was infatuated with Shook. And so was, I never, yeah. I like, in my mind, in my child mind, they showed him kiss. And so it stops at the kiss. And then they become friends and they <laughs> they kissed once. You know, girls make out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you get drunk and you kiss your friend. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I thought it was one of those. But then as I, you know, got older, I realized, oh, no, like this was supposed to be uh, significant of them having like a more intimate relationship. And then I'm like, yo, Suge, you Jai filthy then. So then, not only was you smashing both of them, then you sing a song to your sister, boyfriend's wife in front of him. <laughs> oh, sister, with you a cat I love that song when she sang it. She up there blushing and stuck her tongue out at the girls who was talking shit about her. Mm -hmm. She sang it to (laughs) me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, oh, wow. You know, I never really conceptualized it in that way. Like, Like, she actually was wrong. And I didn't even realize it had been 10 years. I don't know if it's been exactly 10 years. I'm just, you know. It's been a minute. It was a minute, though. And But I, what I will give is that it is common for individuals who are in um, domestic intimate partner violence situations that it does take them multiple times to try to leave. So she did try to get her to... She did try to, like, run away with Suge mm-hmm. the first before, but mm-hmm. she didn't really tell Suge. And so Suge was like, well, say what you got to say. Spit it out. And she's like, I was going to miss you and close the door. And that mm-hmm. is something that's common, especially for... I don't... It's not a... Um, a DSM diagnosis, but we do know the term battered woman syndrome, Mm -hmm. which we can see. So uh, Celie was definitely suffering from. And so it does take multiple attempts to try to leave those type of situations, because especially because of the power differential that Celie was living in. She was suffering every type of abuse in that situation possible. It was mental, emotional, physical, sexual, spiritual, financial, like any type of abuse you could think of. She was yeah. living in it. So I could see it being extremely difficult for her to leave and it taking multiple attempts to leave. But mm-hmm. I also feel like, okay, Shug, if you is being physical with both of them, you are intimate with both of them. You clearly love and have care and feelings for both of them. Are you hoping that they stay together so that you can go to that one place and get your needs met by both of them? Well, Shuk, I don't want to make Shug look like a bad guy, but <laughs> I have questions now. <laughs> well, I get it because at the same time, shook was looking for love, you know, because mm-hmm. she was looking and trying to make up for not having the love and affection from her father and acceptance more so. Mm-hmm. I think it's the acceptance of, of her right. father. And so the, the type of care for other people may not have been there because... She didn't get what she was wanting in life, and so she it was just kind of like, let me take this relationship, see what it can give me, and if it didn't give her what she needed, it was no longer valuable. It it, she placed it on a shelf. I mean, she did that. What she did that clearly with Mister. You know, she only (laughs) came. She was like, okay, I'm in town. Let me help take care of me, and then once I'm better, I'm leaving you. Mm
1: -hmm. Like that was
0: it. That there wasn't much more to that relationship. So I think if that's the, the type of person she became as a as a result of her relationship with her father. Cause did you hear me? I was married now. I say I was married now. I mm-hmm. was <laughs> married now. And she brought her new husband to their house. Like you are intimate with both of them. This is already a weird love triangle that you have going on that You are yes. keeping going in this house. And then and, you bring your new do. husband. Yep. <laughs> Into this, and Yo. then and they drunk, just putting eggs on each other and <laughs> cake. <laughs> you funny. I had her, you <laughs> had <a>. her. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's it, that's it. Like I don't know. Oh, that, that, the moral of that story is that was a strange relationship. Is that yes? Yeah, Suge's pimping is unmatched. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely okay. She is like she was a pimp at the time. Right. Sure. Yeah. All the gain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what type of disorder I would give Shug based off of her um, just the relationship, using and abusing relationships with people like the addiction. It seemed as if she was addicted or not necessarily addicted. I shouldn't say that, but um, gain satisfaction from the types of relationships that she was in. Is there a diagnosis for that? I'm not sure. I felt like everyone in this entire film was struggling from some type of trauma related diagnosis. And so I feel like there's a blanket Mm. of trauma that overhangs the entire movie. Um, But I felt like for her, it was like you were saying that that fleeting sense of approval and Mm -hmm. whatever it is that I can get to benefit from it, even if it's fleeting, even if it goes away, I'll take it for this amount of time that I can take it. Because, but it's not what it is that I'm really searching for because she was really searching for the love from her father. So would you put that under like a dependent personality disorder or just kind of give it a, a another type of diagnosis, like a V code? I feel like we only know Suge in her interactions with this couple. And mm. I feel like I would need to see More. her in other... Like, just, I, I would just need so much more assessment with her to really yeah. be able to make a diagnosis because we only see her in this really weird, really complicated <laughs> love triangle situation, interaction with this couple. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I just need more. Well, I would say that there is clearly substance use. And, and I think she would most likely be Diagnosed with um, a substance use disorder Because that's why she's there in the first place She's she's withdrawing Was it that or was Because remember her father uh, Not her father, Mr's father was talking stuff about her And when she spit in When Celie spit in his water And was like I hear she's got that nasty woman's disease So <laughs> I thought maybe she was sick <laughs> Because of some like Actual medical something that she might have Contracted and she was just Ailing at, during that time, so I didn't know if it was she was you know on a bench and was coming off down off of that, or if it was the nasty woman's disease. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was a she was considered a nasty woman's disease because she wasn't <laughs> wedded. You know that you know if you're not married. No, and or... that's what he was saying about her. Just talking yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it was this. It's the stereotypical idea that basically, if you're not married, you a hoe. mm Hmm. You trollop. Yeah, you trollop (laughs) all (laughs) over from here to there. And yeah, so I, okay. Well, but I also would say that even um, Mr. himself, I felt like he had a drinking disorder as well. He clearly did. That was definitely a substance use um, disorder. And I I feel like it existed and just progressed throughout the years. Yeah, I felt like he, uh, by the end, I would say was severe. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, his usage um yeah it, it got pretty bad so for me this is my theory i feel like suge was going through alcohol withdrawal with perpetual without with perpetual disturbances um because she was like having her her moods and just yelling mm-hmm. and <laughs> I don't know what kind of breakfast Mr. bought to her, but she won't ah. have in it. She painted the walls with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then she Sealy- ate that ham that Celie brought her, though. <laughs> okay. I said, I don't even eat pork, but I would have ate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that food looked delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and then I would give Mr. Um, alcohol Use Disorder severe. I'm going to push it a little bit further. I'm going to say Suge was on the hard stuff. Oh, you think she was on cocaine? Okay. I think she was on quite smack, booger sugar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just assume something harder because the level of withdrawals. Also because um, of the environments that she was existing in, her being in the club scenes during that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, heroin being, you know heroin. that's what the drug of choice was and, and her her size how small she was um mm-hmm. all like just different things like that made me feel like she might have been on the, the hard stuff because she was um still drinking once she was feeling a little bit better like mm-hmm. all throughout she still would have a sip and a taste there which is something where I'm like hmm so maybe it wasn't just alcohol that she was dabbling in you might have been on the True. stuff she might have been. She might have been. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, let's see. Was there anything else that we, we needed to put down or talk about as far as Mr. is concerned? Albert. <laughs> Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, really... I don't want to kind of excuse at all his behaviors, his, the the different way that he was living and how he was treating Celie at all. Um, Just definitely want to though highlight that hurt people, hurt people. And as much as he, he was abusive to Celie, how much like throughout the movie, he really depended on her and he really needed her and Mm -hmm. just all of those things. And at the end, not as not even as a redeeming quality, but like he owed her that. He owed her he bringing did. them kids in. Yes. It and was you see, he is- changed his hideous spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> he changed his money highest spot. He said they found it in the closet. Let me put it over the chicken coop. But I he know. Went- <laughs> That's some spiteful shit. You know what I'm saying? And she she literally tossed over the money. Mm-hmm. Like when she was looking, it was like, I don't care about this money. I want to see the letters. And that in itself was a really huge part of the abuse and mm-hmm. keeping and she said it you kept the one thing away from me that I had in this life mm-hmm. that's so hurtful you know and then told her not to go to the mailbox and that that controlling- I fixed it so I knows when it's been messed with I say that right. actually I do say that that should have been one of my quotables because I say that <laughs> <laughs> so I knows when it's been messed with <laughs> Cause I'm an only child. Well, I was the only child for a very long time. I do have a, a younger brother, but he mm-hmm. was born. I was like seven, right. so I was like, I'm. It's it's me. And so right. whenever anyone touches my stuff, hey, I fixed it. So I it's when it's been messed with. <laughs> Watching. Yeah, and that was that was like the ultimate abuse right there. But then of course you know the physical, as far as him just putting you know slapping her around mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. she didn't do something. And she really was feeling it when she was about to give him that little shave. Alay. Alay. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> and Suge was not trying to run for real. Like all that stumbling and fumbling, falling over like a white woman in a scary movie. Girl, what you really trying to say, Mr. Life? <laughs> Yes, that's why she's made her come with her. Cause she's like, I'm saving you, sir. <laughs> saving you from yourself if you don't realize it. Like crazy. I wouldn't have said I don't know. I don't know. I could I couldn't have But been Should in still that loved situation. Albert. Should loved Albert and she you know, had feelings for at least care for Celie. So she just had to stop the whole situation. I don't care how much I love a man. You hitting another woman. I, I might be mad at you at her for being with you, but also I'm I'm mad at the fact that that you doing this. So I'm gonna empower her to leave you, and we leaving together, which is pretty much what they did. It 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 took a while though. Yeah, it does take a while because I mean you. She literally had nothing without him. Right. You know. Um. But yeah. But I feel like Mister likes. That level of control because not only did he have that level of control over Celie, but basically he was doing the same thing with Harpo. Because yes. Sophia, when she was going in on yeah. him, she was like, The only clothes he got, you buy. She was right. like, He ain't got nothing. <laughs> so it's not like I really want nothing from him. I really just want to be with him. Just love I love this him. food, this fumbling, right. bubbling food. <laughs> right. <laughs> Falling through every butter roof. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost to the point I was like, "Is Harpo dependent personality?" Because because Mister was making so many decisions in his life, and then once Mister stopped making the decisions, Sophia stopped started making the decisions, and then he listened mm. to uh, Celie in order for her to do it. But then I was like, mm, "Nah, maybe not." Is dependent personality excluding you know external environmental factors such as someone being manipulative? in the situation, you know? So like Stockholm syndrome, you know? So is, that, de- is mm-hmm. that still dependent personality if someone's making you feel like you need to stay or you you should stay? And that's stay? why I decided against that full diagnosis. Yeah. Like I feel like everyone has a syndrome that is widely known, like uh, Sealy with batter woman syndrome, Harpo with Stockholm syndrome. Like we have these widely known things, but not necessarily DSM diagnosable things right, for each character. Right. And that's what makes it hard. And even to your point with Suge, it's like we have, as far as the only person that I feel like we could actually diagnose from child to adult would be mm-hmm. Um, And I mean, maybe even Albert to some extent or Mister to some extent because you know you see him progress in his his adulthood. But like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to to diagnose um, a lot of them because when with Albert, like. I would only diagnose him with like um, major depressive disorder, um, PTSD. Well, not even PTSD, major depressive disorder, and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What? Um, how would you treat Albert? Because we, would, I guess, if we start, you said you're not treating. <laughs> no, I said <laughs> not welcome punch him? in your practice. Oh, I punch him and say, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> I'm just kidding how we <laughs> got that out the way <laughs> okay let's get back to it um, let's start treatment <laughs> gosh like seeing what I saw in this movie and, he, and actually having the ability to to treat him that probably would be the first thing I do but no um, on a serious note mm-hmm. how would I move forward with with um, what's Mr. Albert you know, I think I would I would definitely go back into that whole I think it's important for people to know the value and feel the value in themselves in order for us to move move through certain things. And so, I would help him understand that he does he is a valued person. He does have something to offer despite mm-hmm. what his father has told him because mm-hmm. that I think that's also what's kind of contributing like you said to how he treated Celie and, and right. Marco. And then, you know, talk about, you know, talk about that childhood experience, growing with a father who can be very judgmental um, and then also having a, a wife that had passed. And then, you know, Yeah, I'm really trying to be empathetic right now, so it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I I do feel like watching it this time, it did kind of humanize Mr. For Me a little bit, despite him being just a a terrible abuser, a bad parent, an attempted rapist. Just not attempted, because he was raping Sealy, so a rapist as well. Um, But just all of those things, really, I guess, aside from... Making sure that he was no longer a threat to anyone else. That's <laughs> huge, um, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, now he's decrepit. I mean, you, he can barely walk <laughs> across the field. <laughs> right, and so that would I would want to address. I would want to assess for suicidality with him mm. at this current place, and yeah. make sure that he is caring for himself at appropriate level and does not want to ca- cause any harm to himself or anyone else. Aside from that, I guess looking at maybe possibly. um some schema work. Like, what are these mm-hmm. things that you're playing over and over in your head that are, because he has a lot of concrete thinking. Things are either black or white. It's this way or it's wrong. And mm-hmm. just kind of analyzing. Um, we pretty much know where they came from, but how do we interrupt those tracks? And how can we yeah. do that so that you can have a, a, <laughs> a healthier end of life um, <laughs> for you? Because you, you bout you at the end, bro You done bow drunk your there. liver into abyss. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and things is about to start shutting down for you right. so how can we um get to a place of generativity as opposed to just stagnation and and woe is me at this in the life stage that you are at and so i guess that would be the main focus there oh and as far as actual diagnosing like you were saying before um of who we could diagnose and how would you diagnose sophia with post-traumatic stress? Because of her response from coming out of prison and being with Miss Millie? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that woman was truly manipulative. And is this idea that, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind to your people. I've always looked out for your people. And I'm nice to like, the colors. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then you, you, uh, that that whole Christmas scene really upset. Mm. Like I got really upset at that Mm -hmm. because it's just like you told her she was going to be able to do this she got good and comfortable you can stay all day (laughs) yes girl was really she lit up day right she lit up like literally like a christmas tree and was like yes I'm, i'm gonna be with my family again and part of me is just like the frustration of like how can you keep someone from their family like that like that the type of control that they felt that they had over black people at at that time you know like to to say the prison time is just that but then you also have to do service to this to the mayor and his wife and we're going to keep you from like they didn't have to do all that they could have let her out and then said okay you're going to work for them since you decided to They had you to wasn't. prove their point. They had to prove a point and that, and that to me is just so frustrating. And then they was then when they when she was trying to leave what's her name what's the wife the mayor's wife name Miss Millie, well, how even? Yeah, gosh, she and it, oh, oh, I'm about to say something that's gonna be really and then upsetting. to insinuate <laughs> that those boys, first of all, calling them boys, those are full on grown men, grown and those men. boys tried to attack me, and they were trying to help her. Mm-hmm. And and this, and it just kind of, I don't know if that was intentional on, on showing that, that that is just kind of how some white women can be as far as like being helped or, or, you know, looking at, at, at black people in a certain way, when it's just like, look, we're not even trying to be on that shit, with you, we are really trying to help, you know? And it, that part frustrated me so much, even, even watching it as an adult again, I was just like, yo, like Miss Millie, leave the woman alone. Just, just stay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Sophia tried. she offered different solutions I can have my sister squeeze in I don't know yes. her either don't these people do not mean you any harm no one cares about you first of all so biggest overarching thing is get over yourself because get you're trying to yourself. prove the point of, that, of ownership by even allowing Sophia the one day of Christmas right. day to see her family after eight years she ain't seen her kids like right. they're like here you go ma'am like She's upset. Like, I feel like I don't know y'all no more. And as soon as she's able to get that embrace from her family, she has to go tend to Miss Millie because this heifer don't know how to even how put a car in life? reverse. Like... It was a mess. It poor was. Sophia. And when she later she on she says, is. like, I know what it feels like to want to sing and have it beat out you. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. They really did beat her. And, and, you know, that lets you know that even after that incident in town hall, like in the town hall area, like she still kept saying what she needed to say until they literally beat it out of her. Mm-hmm. She was like, I, no, <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> doing that. Eh, no. Eh. And it was like, you know, how many times are you going to take a, a blow to the head without mm-hmm. you ending up rocking in the chair somewhere? <laughs> so that, that to me lets me know like she was gone through it but that was also because she fought every time she had to in mm-hmm. my mind mm-hmm. even then she was trying to fight like no 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 let's just stay you know i can stay you know but and all it took was miss seely to cuss mr owl one good time and she was, good time. <laughs> she was back she was back miss sophia home now miss sophia home sophia home <laughs> You know what? Yes. That's all I needed. Like, you helped me in the store that day. You gave me hope then. You giving me hope now. You taking your power back from Mr. Bitch. It only took forever. But you know what? It can be right. done. You know what? Let me get my shit back on. I Pop can on, do Let's it. put on some pants. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was like, you better do it, girl. Yeah, better do it. <laughs> she got her life together immediately. As soon as Celie. And that, that to me... It's probably one of the best parts of the movie is when Celie went off. Damn. Did I ever ask you for anything? I Did I, I ever you ask you for anything? I never asked you for nothing. Not even your sorry ass hand in marriage. Nothing. I never asked you for nothing. Oh, Sophia, home now. Sophia, home. Things gonna be changing around here too. It needed to happen. It needed to. Actually, I was reading in um in one of the the sections of. IBM, whatever. Oh, imd whatever. Um, and it said that um, that was actually not in the script. That whole part was just based off of he's Steven Spielberg. 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 <laughs> <laughs> M too you know, one of them. M two, one of them. Steven Spielberg asked Whoopi. To go like pretty much off script and say like, what was what would be something you would say in a moment like this and just kind of just go off the handle with it? And Whoopi laid that shit down. And she said, assignment understood. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready when you are, Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> and action. <laughs> did I asked you for anything. Did I ever ask you for anything? Yo, yo, like, (laughs) not even your sorry ass at the match. Not even your sorry ass, handed. Like, she already knew as a kid you was sorry. (laughs) She kept (laughs) up with your sorry ass and you had the audacity to still act like I need your ass right now. Yo, I was like, yo, that that is one line that I wish I could say to somebody. I don't know if I ever have a chance. Let me tell you, I'm going in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hope that you never have the opportunity to give that right. lie to anybody because I don't Big want facts. anyone to treat you that poorly where they deserve that. <laughs> but maybe, that you know... Um, <laughs> so I guess prognosis would be good then for... Um, For Sophia, I mean, Mr. is Mm -hmm. very close to end of life, so he's about to die. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Celie now is a businesswoman, a homeowner. Um, She has her kids back. She has her sister back. Do you feel, though, because there are a lot of times where people get on paper, what is that happy ending? But that trauma is so deep and it's so internalized. That they're not able to fully experience the the safety that they're now in. So, what do you feel like the prognosis would be for somebody um, like Celie who does have all of this complex trauma from the time that the movie starts and she is a young girl to the time that the movie ends and she's experienced so much the battered woman syndrome, the post traumatic stress? Like, do you feel that? What would what do you feel like her prognosis would be? I feel like she still has a pretty good prognosis. Um, one being that, yes, as she's processing some of the traumas that she dealt with as a young girl to present, I feel that just having her, her kids and her sister mm. will remind her, will be a grounding type of, of thing for her. And mm-hmm. using that to say, you know what? I can't look back at that now. I can only do what I can with what I have right now, Right. So she can't go back and, and be a sister or a mother to, to her kids, but she can she can do that now in this present moment. So for me, in working with Celia, it would be that mindfulness, that, that present here and now. What can you mm-hmm. do about now? Um, and then, yeah, we can do and work on some of the trauma experiences um, because it will inform how she operates. But I really, at that point, I feel like, Silly, silly was liberated mm-hmm. in my opinion and so it's just like she may have her her sad days and might have some nightmares and some issues because she even was starting to see mr um you know Well, yeah he, i didn't know if that was real or not if he was really there or she really was, was uh hallucinating him being there at uh, at the store and he was on the other side of the train yeah yeah i i feel that that was actually him because when i even when i recall it she um she sees him and then it goes to this to the scene of her being on the porch and someone coming and so i think that was him looking in and saying you know i fucked up i'm sorry and then you know giving her that gift of her of her family the least he could do the very least (laughs) oh my goodness It was that, I, yeah, there were more than a few moments in this movie that really made me angry, which is probably why I like, I have such strong feelings about The Color Purple. See, I didn't until watching it for the purpose of this movie. Like, I I never recognized it for like the trauma porn that it is. and just the Black woman suffering that is depicted. And then recognizing that it was written by this Black woman as this story and how the women, you know, supported Mm -hmm. each other and how each thing that this woman did somehow helped liberate this woman, and all of Mm -hmm. those different things. And then it going into the hands of Steven Spielberg, who does, like, animal movies. He does, like extraterrestrial. He did ET and Jurassic Park and Jaws while I love all three of those movies. Like they all <laughs> hold a special place in my heart. Like mm-hmm. for him to kind of handle and I get why Alex Walker was like, "Nope, I have to look at this as the movie is the movie, the book is the book because they are not related. This is what he envisioned mm-hmm. and all of those different things." And so uh now it, I have a I have a weird relationship with this movie um, that I didn't have before. Well, before I'd be like, oh, The Color Purple's on. I can always watch The Color Purple. Now I'm like, if I don't ever see it again, it won't be a terrible thing because it hurts to watch now. It does. It does. And I think that, I think what it was missing before was the empathy. I don't think that I ever felt the need in watching it to really put myself in the shoes of Celie. Like, looking, just watching Celia, I could say, oh, man, this is terrible. This is really messed up. Like, all of these situations, she didn't ask for any of this. This is terrible. But then, like, being an adult now and being able to empathize and see past my own self and really think what this experience must be for somebody else, oh. And it's literally from the beginning to the end of the movie. And, like, Steven Spielberg does... um, which he is kind of famous for. He has these, he does these great instrumentals that like, he puts them, um, like orchestra instrumentals, he puts them throughout the movie and they're very like cinemagraphic and, and broad and like whimsical almost. And, but he put that at the beginning of this movie and yes, it carries throughout, but he put it at the beginning and then there's so much trauma like immediately that follows after it. And so you're thinking that you're getting this coming of age story and then boom, I'm having my father's baby and it's right. being taken away from me yeah. and I'm 14 and I'm talking to God asking him to help me understand like I'm saying like God I've always been a good girl like why is this happening mm-hmm. to me type stuff and oh it was so <laughs> yeah I, you know the one part that I cried on was when Suge goes back to her father's church and she stops singing at the juke joint and then... Sings, Ain't guys trying to tell you something. Right. <laughs> and sings all the way to the church. Oh, my gosh. I could not... I couldn't hold it together. I really tried, especially when she hugged and embraced her father. And he hugged her back. It's when he mm-hmm. hugged her back. I was like, Sinners but, have souls, too, daddy. Yes. that about our baby. She just wanted her daddy. She <laughs> want her daddy. So. See, I'm a G, and I hold it together throughout the whole movie until Doggone Adam start talking in that African accent. Why they got African accents, and they really from America, and they had American parents and an American auntie there taking care of them, but they still only speak their African dialect. I don't know. But when he said "Mama, Mama bully I said, "Oh, I, <laughs> that got me too. That part got me too." And then you see Mister over there being a creep with his horse. Like we know, get out of here, man. You 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 know, you did this. Come on. <laughs> you just had to be a part. You couldn't. <laughs> right. Just go on over there somewhere. <laughs> right. What you doing on her land? Go on. Right. Oh, ugly uh, still. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like, this was definitely one of those those sad moments in in movie history where it's just like this movie cannot be a positive one no matter how you spin it. Right. And then all of the 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 hate that the movie, not hate, it they tried to give it accolades, like it got nominated for like a good bazillion Oscar nominations, but then won in no categories that year is really hard to believe because I can't say that it's a fun movie to watch, but I cannot lie and say that it's not a good movie. And so the fact that it didn't win anything, shakes bubs. Yeah, that that part because it's just like I I think also that sometimes white audiences have a hard time seeing themselves depicted a certain way in certain films, too. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a harsh reality because, you know, they weren't depicted in the best light. Um, they were predicted they were depicted in a true light. Whereas true even light. even if you are not a a major role in the lives of these people, the actions that you do are still negatively impacting these people in dramatic ways. So just and do better. Right. <laughs> and then I also think it's it's the um the domestic violence. There's a lot of domestic mm-hmm. violence in there and it's hard to give something an award when you're depicting something so harsh and 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 again it's a topic of or a conversation that's not easily um had amongst people so i can see why they don't get the best ratings if again if there was comic relief if there was whatever. i mean uh, there was i was about to say now Hopo fell through that roof a good two three times <laughs> right it's was- gonna rain on your head <laughs> right <laughs> But I'm, I'm glad that they did have the moments because we don't want all terrible. Life isn't, life isn't that way. And if it's one thing Black folks going to do, we're going to crack a joke. Okay. Despite the hurt, we're going to crack a joke. So it needed to be there. It also needed to be there, you know, as a film. You have to have those moments to relieve the tension that exists through the natural occurrences in the script or whatever. But I'm glad that they didn't have too many because it is a dark story. And... I don't want to lose the impactfulness of the story because you have a bunch of, you know, what right, I mean? right, exactly. So, would you see this being another movie that um, that could be remade? Oh no, I wouldn't want it to. Of, <laughs> we're in the age of being remade. Man. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. And I think, and I think it's different. I think it, it would be. It would be a very different movie because of the time that it was it was a period piece so it was supposed to be a certain time frame where women didn't, they were seen as property they didn't have as many rights and just some of that while there is still of course a lot of misogyny especially a lot of uh misogynoir that goes on still it was a very different time and in that increased the the stakes there, that increased the level of everything that everybody was going through because of the societal times and the norms and everything of back then, where things would be a little bit different now. But I don't want to see that. <laughs> that sounds bad, but it's enough mm-hmm. of that happening in real life to where I don't need to see another movie about it because when it was done in 1985, it was done then there's Mm -hmm. been so much black trauma porn movies to happen since then that we don't need another black trauma porn film Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying I don't need another film of seeing us suffer and suffer the whole movie to get like 20 seconds of it's not even full redemption like uh, she don't get them years back and if Silly was my client, I would want to first, I guess, now is what does it mean for you to be a mother now? What does that look like for you now? What like you're stepping in, like these children are coming into your life and you're coming into their life and they're grown. And this one has a, his own wife. And like, what does what does that look like? And making sure that you can also manage your day to day, also assess for suicidality, because just because things are, um from the outside and on paper appearing better if she's still struggling with all those things internally it's still something that we want to assess for um and that's a lot to get your sister back after all these years and to get your your children that you never really ever really had right and you mentioned the trauma i would i would more so be concerned about the relationships and the dynamics of the relationships and like well, mm-hmm. I'm your mother. You listen to me. Well, ma'am. No, I don't know you. I don't know you. And um, like, I'm more inclined to listen to auntie because auntie has been there. Auntie has okay. was in Africa with me. Like we have this familial bond that we have built throughout these years. And I am just now meeting you and getting to know you. So what does that look like? That is kind of where it would be more of a family um, systems thing for me, as opposed yes. to just individual family. Um, uh, that's just where my mind went straight to is that I would want to work with the family um especially just to for any type of prolonged su- uh success with what Celia is going through I would want to work with the family absolutely yeah and then well and then it also looks like you know her Sophia and Harpo still have a relationship as well too mm-hmm. um what would you think what would your prognosis be for Sophia I think it would be good <laughs> just because I don't know. I think I'm completely biased in my love for Sophia and I hate that she had to be so resilient, but the fact exists that she was um, but now she i guess she and harpo it appears that they are back in a romantic relationship with one another where there is a, a much stronger level of respect there for yeah. each other yeah. um so if they are if, if their relationship it is um healthy then they're continuing that forward she is working at the juke joint so not only are they uh being quality partners now, they're also business partners, so they're successful in business and creating income for themselves. So she also has a sense of purpose there as well, on top of um, being in the kids' lives. And they have a, it seems like they were able to carve out and put place boundaries with Mr. so that he respects you know, that they're together. And he's like, it's sure always it's nice to see y'all back together. And yeah. like, he's respecting them in a different way. So their social supports are in a much healthier place now where it's not uh negative uh, boundary crossing and negative uh, people that they have as, as familial support as well. So, and she does have like all of the sisters who are always there for her. So I feel like it would be good. And as long as she, um, again, is not having to constantly be faced with the like if the mayor still isn't the mayor even better (laughs) if the mayor is still the mayor then that might you know cause some flashbacks do different things we don't know exactly what happened in prison so we don't know what uh, traumatic triggers or reactions that could be happening there but um as long as she don't have to deal with the racist white people that kept her oppressed for so many years and tortured her then i think you know she'd be all right I think the community know. Just keep her away. Let's let let us get your groceries for you. Right, so you don't have to deal with them. And Miss Millie was older, so hopefully she died, and Miss uh, Miss Sophia can go dance on her grave. Ooh, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you know that Oprah Winfrey was actually at a weight loss camp at the time of um, of them doing the casting, and she got the role of Sophia and had to leave her weight loss camp as soon um, as she got the role because the the role of uh, Sophia required her to be more heavy. And it's, and that part is interesting to me because, I mean, we all know now that Oprah Winfrey has gone through a long journey (laughs) of weight loss and, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to to get her weight together. Um, But this was also one of her first films as well. Along with Mm -hmm. Whoopi, I think, too. Yeah, she had, this is definitely her first drama. She was only um, uh, a comedic actress and Mm stand-up comedian at the time and she had her one-woman show where um, she wanted, originally was wanting the role of Sophia Mm -hmm. Um, and she had got Steven Spielberg to come to her one-woman show that she was doing at the time and she was like, no, I really, I think he's going to like it. I think I'm going to, you know, put it out there and he offered her the role of Celie instead and so for her to be able to make the jump from just comedy into such a dramatic role into. And being a leading woman, um, I think just is a testament to all of, again, the awesomeness. We've said it before on this show, the greatness, the icon is <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. I just love her to pieces. She does no wrong. She's great. She is the... And a, true artist. Like, when I think about her, I think, yeah, she's an actress, she's a comedian, but she is an artist. Like, the things that she does to me feels more of an artful expression as opposed to just playing a part in a movie. Yeah, if I've never met Whoopi Goldberg, I might pass out. (laughs) 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 It would be an ugly one, too. It would be... Just like how she fell out when Suge left. That's exactly how I would fall out. (laughs) Really? Okay. I got I gotta be there when you meet her so I can get it on recording. Whoopee, well, we wanna meet you, girl. Hey. <laughs> but yes, so aside from diagnosing you know, everyone in the film with post traumatic stress. Right. Or <laughs> some trauma related experience. Um however we do feel like the prognosis could potentially be good for everyone except for Mr. Um. We just hope that he uh dies peacefully and we hope nothing but terrible things for Miss Millie and her husband. I hope that their death was painful and slow and um nothing else good came from them and everything that also they thought about crumbled as well. Them and Mr. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I felt, I really do feel like Silly cursed Mr. because as soon as, as he saw his, you see the house falling apart and all that other nonsense, that's when he goes and, and puts that money in. So I want to say that his curse ended, but you know he only had a few more years without that curse. That's my theory. That, and even if it wasn't a curse, I mean, the alcoholism clearly just kicked in. He depended on her for so much. She kept the house running. He really mm-hmm. didn't know how to tend to things aside from the field work. So him, you know, taking care of the house was out of the question. And then he could not really take care of himself, let alone the house, once he started drinking so heavily as he did. Um mm-hmm. So the, the guilt, <laughs> the curse of guilt <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of ate him alive. Him. Yeah, Um So maybe he has enough money left over to put himself in. Did they do nursing homes back then? I don't know. Either way, um, death was coming to him. So, you know, we all got to go sometime. Hopefully, he made it right with God first. (laughs) But he went. (laughs) God's hands now. Yeah. It's it's above me now. (laughs) But (laughs) did you have uh, anything else that you needed to get out about the film before we wrap it up? You know, again, I think this was really um, one of the saddest movies I've watched as a kid. Um, <laughs> and still, I think, you know, it, it, watching it as an adult, I have a greater appreciation for all of the characters and the the storytelling itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely recommend that people watch it. Um, it, it is very traumatic, but... I think it's something that's worth watching, especially, you know, as a Black person. I can't tell you how many people I know, Black people I know, who said they haven't watched The Color Purple. And I'm like, what? Ah, they're missing so many cultural references. Exactly, right? So <laughs> The quotes <definitely>, alone. <laughs> exactly. Definitely a film you have to see. Um, and hopefully, you know, I think there, there are some diagnoses that we could have given. Um, right. But... I think for the sake of just, you know, conversation and everything, it's just better to conceptualize it and talk about it versus trying to diagnose everybody, especially at this time. Mm -hmm. That was just a really hard time for Black people. So, yeah, that's that. Facts. Couldn't agree more. Said wonderfully. If you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. Don't forget, you can also buy our merch from our website as well. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at The DSM Podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye.